0: Hey, good morning, Victory Church. How you doing? Let me hear you for a moment. There we go. Come on, let me hear you. There we go. Excitement in the house this morning. Hey, my name is Troy. My wife, Darla, and I get the incredible privilege to pastor Victory Church. And if you're visiting with us, I do want to hit just a couple of announcements before we get into the word this morning. Number one is just to be able to connect with you Uh, You can do that in two different ways. If you've been visiting with us, maybe this is your first time, first time watching online, or maybe you've been coming for a couple of weeks and you just hadn't quite taken that step to get connected, uh, you can do it two ways. Number one is you can text to connect, and that information will be coming up on the screen and you can actually send the, the, the phrase Victory 18 to the number 31996, so in the message part, put Victory 18, in the number part, put 31996, and a digital connection card will come your way. Also, as you were coming in, uh, you should have been handed a, a paper connection card, and you can fill out either one. Obviously, if you're online, you can only do the digital way, but after service, if you're here with us in person, after service, you can take that uh, paper card or proof on your phone that you sent the text and we have a special gift we want to give you. And, and re- part of that is just to say, hey, thank you so much. We understand that you could be spending your Sunday so many different ways. It is NFL season. We know you could be at home getting ready for tailgate parties and the Titans and all that kind of stuff. But we're just excited that you would spend a couple of hours with us this morning. Also, if you're interested in giving anyway, every week so many incredible people give faithfully to Victory Church. And we're able to do so much in our community and globally because of it. But if you're visiting or you've been coming for a while and you're like, hey, I'd really like to give, you can do that three ways as well. You can do it digitally, whether it be on our website, our app, you can do that online. Uh, You can also text to give as much as you can text to connect. And then as you're leaving, there'll be an auditorium host with a bucket towards the door if you just like to give cash and check. Any ways are great, and I want to thank you for being willing to do that. I always like to share a little bit. Uh, It'd be hard to share it all because I feel like our church is able to do so much right now. Uh, in our community as well as globally because of the faithfulness of those who call victory their home. But I always like to share a little, just a little small glimpse of what we're doing. and, And what we're doing this month is actually kind of a calendar announcement as well. On October 31st, uh, I mentioned this last week for the first time, right after service, we will do a trunk or treat for not only our kids here in uh, Victory Church, but also for our community. It'll be a free event for our community. We'll promote it to our entire community. If families want to come and have a Halloween alternative or just have another opportunity for their kids to have candy, we'll have some food and just have a great time. But because of your faithfulness, watch what we're able to do because of it. We're asking our church, our, our, our family members of our church to provide the trunks but because of the faithfulness of our monthly givers, we're going to provide 100% of the candy. And so we'll provide all the candy. If you want to add on candy, by all means, go ahead. But we're going to provide all the candy for that event. All we need you to do is to provide your trunk. And so you should have got some information when you came in. There's an email on there that you can sign up for, or you can just talk to me or one of our directors and just say, hey, we really would like to have a tent, or I'm sorry, a trunk during the trunk retreat. What do we have to do? And We can get you going from that point forward. We'd we'd like to have about 30 trunks if possible. You definitely want to have as much as we can for the community as kids come but again because of your faithfulness we're always it seems like at least once a month we're doing something in our community we're doing something globally i shared that last 2 weeks ago Dawn and i got to go look at a ministry uh, out in colorado city that we're praying about partnering with and it's just awesome that we're able to be involved in so much because Of your faithfulness. So thank you for that. Again, if you want to have a trunk, I really encourage you to do that. Darla and I will have one. It's just going to be a great time to hang out and be with your church family right after church on the 31st. It is a school night. Halloween's a school night, so it's just a great alternative to have for families. Uh, Last but not least is our small groups that'll be launching in a couple weeks called Rooted. Uh, It's a 10-week curriculum. Some groups are going every other week. Some groups are going every week. But if you are interested, I don't have all the information for you. I can tell you that it's a 10-week curriculum. I can tell you it's powerful, powerful stuff. I can tell you there's a lot of people, so many people signed up for it right now that we've had to add on uh, different groups meeting because we've had so many people sign up for it. So if you're interested, once again, in that information you got, you'll see an email or you can grab me right after service. I tend to be out there in the lobby just kind of shaking hands. You can say, hey, I'm interested in Rooted, and I'll connect you with Chris and write people. But if you're interested, we want to get you the information so that you can be a part of it because it starts in a couple weeks, uh, and I think it's going to be powerful for our church. Amen? So there's stuff to get involved in. If you're saying, hey, I want to do something. I'm tired of being locked in the house, Trunk or treat, small groups. There's so much you can be a part of. Church is not just Sunday. Am I right? Right. It's not just Sunday. It's a great time to obviously hear the word and to be encouraged and to be disciple. but it's not just Sunday. You ready for the word? Yes. I hope you're ready. I'm ready to preach it, so I hope you're ready to listen to it. Turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 13. If you've got your phone, you can do that as well. Acts chapter 13. We're going to start, I believe it's in verse 2 is where we're going to actually start at. Um, but as you're turning there, let me just kind of give you a little bit of a precursor. So I have recently, we we have been studying through the book of Acts as a church. We finished the book of John. We broke for at the movies. We we, we got back into Acts. We will take a break from Acts in November and talk about uh, some specific things, and then we'll get into the holidays, and we'll see where 2022 leads us. But we're just kind of going through Acts chapter by chapter. But I noticed a few weeks ago that there was a real uh, parallel to what was happening in the book of Acts and our faith right? The faith of Paul, the faith of Peter, the faith of these men of God and women of God who are sharing the gospel, uh, and then our faith. And so a couple weeks ago, we brought out the fact that how do you have faith when all the odds are being stacked against you? And we broke down Peter being in prison and different things like that. And then last week, we talked about how when it comes to your faith, sometimes all you have is desperation. And sometimes you're desperate enough To keep you going until you become dedicated. Sometimes the only thing that helps you pray is you're desperate. Sometimes the only reason you worship is because you're desperate. And that's okay, because desperation will bring you to the feet of Jesus, and desperation will keep you until you're dedicated. And I want to continue in that kind of faith vein, and I want to talk to, it the way I've been verbalizing it is I'm talking to parts of your faith. I don't think I'm talking to some people. Sometimes communicators will say that, like how many of you Or I'm talking to some of you. I think I'm talking to every person, but I think I'm talking to different attributes and parts of your faith, and I think I am again today. So here we go, Acts chapter 13, I'll read through verse eight, uh, and then we'll break it down. It says, while they were serving the Lord and fasting, these are God's people, The Holy Spirit says to them, set Barnabas and Saul, who will go on to be Paul, apart for me for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and they prayed and they laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they reached Salamis, they began to proclaim the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews, so the churches. They also had John as their helper. They just kind of threw that in. And when they had gone through the whole island, as far as Patmos, they found a magician, a Jewish false prophet, whose name was Bar-Jesus. That was kind of a nickname he had, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence. Now, Sergius Paulus would have been like a governor, okay? It says that this man summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. So the governor Seeks after Barnabas and Saul wanting to hear the gospel. The governor wants to hear the word of God. But Ilymas, also Bar Jesus, the magician, for his name, how his name was translated, was opposing them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. So Barnabas and Saul are sent out to spread the gospel. They come into Patphis, they meet up with the governor. The governor's interested in hearing the gospel, and Bar Jesus, the magician, the false prophet, is opposing the gospel. So what's happening in Acts 13? And from Acts 13, I want to talk to you about this idea, moving on a maybe. How we can move on a maybe. When I started thinking about this concept, and I kind of got hung up on the word maybe, and I started thinking about how that word is, is, is kind of means different things to different people. For example, uh, let's just see what kind of crowd I'm working with. How many of you, when you were in school, you wrote letters to other people in school, right? You remember you do that, right? We couldn't take our phones and text like they do today. And so every once in a while, if you liked a girl um, or if you liked a boy, depending on the situation, if you were a girl, if you were a boy, and you sent a letter out to them, you would kind of go something like this. Do you like me? Yes. Checkbox. No checkbox, and then maybe, checkbox. Which was always interesting because, let's be honest, we never saw maybe as a negative thing, right? Like, like we didn't write maybe hoping that, well, it, that kind of means another way of saying no. We saw maybe as a later way of saying yes, right? It was like, say yes, say maybe, just don't say no. Like maybe was a positive thing. And then I became a parent, And I learned that when my kids are talking to me and they're asking me if we can do something or if we can buy something, often when I need to delay it a little bit, right, until I can figure out if we can afford it or if I even want to do it, I'll say, maybe. And what's interesting is my kids run away and they're positive. Like, they actually think what daddy said was, yes, later we will do this. Like, there is nothing in their mind that thinks I'm going to say no. They walk away positive. However... For some reason, when a maybe is applied to our faith, it comes off as negative, right? Like, it's positive in grade school. Does she like you? She said, maybe. Yeah, we're going to get married, you know? It's positive. When your kids say, can we go to the movies? And you say, maybe. They run around, dad said maybe. Dad said maybe. It's positive. But when it gets applied to our faith, it all of a sudden becomes negative for some reason. And I think it's probably because you and I want to be sure before we ever actually step, right? We want to be sure before we can take that step. Walk with me for a second and let's break down Acts 13. First of all, Barnabas and Saul have these godly people come to him and they say, the Holy Spirit told us to send y'all away. Right off the bat, I'd have been a little sketchy, right? Like, you mean to tell me God's telling you to tell me to go do something? He didn't just tell you to go do it, right? Like, how come he told you to tell me? So that would have had me already a little like, eh, I don't know. And then they show up to, to Patphus, and according to theological study, it was a place of immorality and a place of spiritual darkness. It was a godless place. So they show up to this godless place, and I can just kind of see Saul and Barnabas going, you know what? maybe, maybe this wasn't God. Like, you know, they said that the Holy Spirit said, maybe, just maybe this isn't God. But then the governor comes and says, hey, I want to hear the word of the Lord. And this door opens up to share the gospel. And Paul might've said, "Mm, maybe this is God. I didn't think it was at first, but now we got a little open door here. So maybe it is God. And then all of a sudden, here comes this magician, this false prophet, who starts to oppose them and go against the word. And Paul might have said, "Uh, oh, maybe it's not God. You ever been in that moment? right, you know, where you're trying to figure out if God wants you to do something and something good happens, you're like, maybe it is God, and then there's some opposition, and you're like, maybe it's not God, and then there's some favor, and you're like, maybe it is God, and then there's some opposition, you're like, maybe it's not God, and you just go back and forth and back and forth, and here's what I'm learning, that when following God, you can have great faith and in the next moment have great uncertainty. It's wild, you, you can literally step out and feel like you have great faith and then something happens and you have great uncertainty. We had the opportunity to go to uh, the beach this past week to see my dad for fall break and my father-in-law always watches the, the weather and he told us before we left, he said, it's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna be beautiful. I had so much faith going down to Panama City and that's not funny. Why you just go, She already knows. We get down there and it's rain all week. And now I had great uncertainty. And then all of a sudden the sun would come out, and I'd have great faith. And then the clouds would get dark, and and I'd have great uncertainty. And I feel like Saul in Acts 13, because I feel like the way he's thinking is this. I've never been more confident and less certain at the same time. You ever been there? Trying to follow God, and you've never been more confident and less certain at the same time. I want to talk to the people who feel confident, but not certain. You feel secure, but not sure. I want to talk to those of us that are following God, watch this, with maybe faith. Maybe faith, just maybe. (laughs) Is God going to do it? Maybe. Did God call you here? Maybe. Are the Titans going to win today? The, I felt the Lord. That was a that was an audible word. All right, here we go. Oh, I'm gonna have to try to regain everything now for that. Oh, that was great. All right, let's go back to Acts chapter 13. Watch this. This is so powerful what happens here. I broke down the verses for a second to show you something. Verse 6 starts this way: When they had gone through the whole island. Once they had gone through the whole island, then this man summoned Barnabas and Saul and he sought to hear the word of God. Once they had gone through the island, then the governor sought them to hear the word of the Lord. Once they had gone through the island, then the governor sought to hear the word of God. God opened an unexpected door for Saul and Barnabas but he did not open it until they had already started to move. That's what I want us to understand, that sometimes God doesn't open the door until we start to move. Some of the miracles that God has planned for you and planned for me can only be accessed once we are willing to move on a maybe. Okay, Once you're willing to take a step on a maybe, Then I think certain doors are opened and more revelation comes and clarity comes and we can see the miracles of God, but we don't see them while we're standing still waiting for certainty. We don't see them until we step out and move on a maybe. Got me thinking about the faith pillars of the Bible, right? These stories that you and I talk about, you know, you either, if you grew up in church, you learned about them in Sunday school. If you didn't grow up in church, you heard about them through movies or through, I mean, they're just famous, right? Let's talk about, Just a couple of them. Moses splitting the Red Sea, right? He holds up his staff and the Red Sea splits apart. Or David going down into the battlefield and taking out the giant Goliath. Or Peter getting out of the boat and walking on water. Or Mary and Joseph uh, agreeing about this immaculate conception where Jesus is born to a lady who was a virgin. Like all these incredible miracles that you and I talk about all the time. That you and I use as faith steps. And I sat back for a second and I thought, is it possible, just walk with me for a moment, is it possible that these people moved on a maybe? Is it possible that they were not 100% sure that what happened was gonna happen. I just tried to play it out in my head, right? Here's Moses, he's leading the Israelites out of slavery and he gets up to the Red Sea and there's this massive sea in front of him and there's this army behind him who's coming to kill him and they're shouting like they're from the Beauty and the Beast, you know what I mean? They got the the torches and everything and they're coming after him and Moses is like, huh, 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 huh. And you got all the Israelites going, what are we gonna do, what are we gonna do? And I just see Moses, he takes his staff and like he starts to lift it up towards the water and I just have to imagine that there was like one Israelite there who was like, hey, Moses, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm going I'm to lift this staff, and God's going to split this sea, and we're going to walk across dry land. And the guy's like, do you think that's going to work? And I just have to imagine Moses probably looked at him and went, maybe. <laughs> right? Like, he wasn't 100% sure. I think he just did it with the maybe. Peter's in the boat. He's with all the disciples. Jesus says, come. And Paul said, or Peter says, if it's really you, then tell me to come out to you. And Jesus says, come. And Peter kind of gets up the boat. If y'all have ever tried to stand on a boat, it's not fun. And he's trying to stand on a boat and he's putting his foot getting ready, trying to put it down. And I just feel like one of the disciples would have been like, Peter, what are you doing? And Peter's like, I'm going to walk to Jesus. (laughs) And he's like, do you think that's going to work? And Peter's like, maybe, you know, like, I don't know, we'll we'll, we'll see, right, like, he couldn't have been a hundred percent sure, he couldn't have been, David and Goliath, David's, you know, he tries on Saul's armor, doesn't fit, doesn't like it, gets his slingshot, starts to head down the hill to get to the land where he's fighting Goliath, and at some point, somebody had to have grabbed him and said, David, you forgot your armor, and David's like, I'm not putting on the armor, that's not me, this is me, I got my slingshot, like, David, do you think that's gonna work? And David's like, maybe. I don't know. And then my favorite one is, is Mary and Joseph. Joseph comes home to his virgin wife, and she says, Guess what, honey? I'm pregnant with our first child. And Joseph says, Say what? And she goes, No, don't worry. It was the Holy Spirit. Say what? And I think Joseph walked away, and Mary's friend was like, you think he believed you? And she's like, maybe. He couldn't have been a, he was checking people's noses, you know what I mean? He's like, does that person look like my baby? You know what I mean? Like, he could not have been 100% certain. All of these great faith moments, and they could not have been 100% certain. At some point, David. At some point, Joseph. At some point, Moses. At some point, Peter moved on a maybe, They just moved on a, I don't know, maybe, and today we celebrate their great faith. But I guarantee you if I could file them out one by one, they would say to you, I was not this great person of faith. I just moved on a maybe. If we're honest, every faith moment is 50-50. Every moment you've ever had faith, every moment of faith that you've ever had is 50-50. Let me explain it to you. Here's why. Because I know God can, but maybe he will. You're in here today and you've prayed something that you knew God could do, but he didn't do it. I've shared a testimony before how when I went through a kidney stone, I had an issue for about four months. And I remember being in the bathroom, praying, and crying, going, God, I know you could snap and take it away from me. But he didn't. And I think if we were all honest, this is our hardship and our relationship with faith in God is because we want it to be 100% clear, but it will never be. It will always be 50-50. You will always be living in this kind of weighing system of I know God can, but maybe he will and maybe he won't. But think for a second about how many great things were made on a maybe. The iPhone that's in your pocket where you can now answer the phone and be on the internet at the same time, where you can FaceTime grandma while she's in another part of the world, at some point, that was a maybe. At some point, Steve Jobs said, I got this idea, and they said, do you think it's gonna work? And he said, I, I don't know, maybe. The car you drove to come to church today, at some point, that was a maybe. The plane you fly when you go out of town, sometime, at some point, was a maybe. The clothes you have on, the hairstyle you're wearing right now, is a, it was a maybe, maybe. The job that you're working, the career that you're in, at one point was a maybe. The marriage you're in, at one point, was a maybe. Don't act like you knew 100% when you got married. I know you're sitting beside her, but don't act like that. I know you're sitting by him, but we all know that when you got married, you're like, I'm about 72% sure, like, I think. And then the longer it went, yeah, then a, but, but at one point, it was a maybe. Some of you have kids because of a maybe. <laughs> Oh, here we go. <laughs> great things come from maybes. Right? So many great things start on a maybe. What if, what if instead of waiting on certainty to move, what if, what if instead of waiting on something to be certain before we move, what if we just started walking with a maybe and let God direct us to our miracle? I heard somebody say one time that it's easier to to put something into motion that's already in motion than to put something in motion that's at rest. So what if God uses the maybe just to get us into motion? Right. What if he wants us to just start moving, and once we start moving, we're easier to move where God wants us. So if we'll just start moving on a maybe, then it's God's responsibility to come in and direct us to the right way. We are waiting on certainty, so we're sitting still, and God's saying, I just need you to move, because once you get to moving, you're easier to direct. But when you're standing still, it doesn't matter what I tell you. It doesn't matter what I inspire you with. It doesn't matter what I put in front of you. Until you get certainty, you don't want to move. But nobody in the Bible ever moved on certainty. Never. Never. But if we just start moving on a maybe, do you think God's going to heal you? I don't know. Maybe but I'm just going to start praying anyway. Do do, do you think that God's going to help you find the one that you want to marry? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'll be single my whole life. Maybe I'll find the right person tomorrow. I don't know, but I'm just going to start moving Anyway, and I'm gonna. Let... Do you think you'll ever have a child? I don't know. Maybe, but I'm just gonna start moving and let God direct me. Do you think you'll ever get out of debt? I don't know. Maybe. Do you ever think you'll get over that addiction? I don't know. Maybe. But I know that I'll never have certainty. So I'm just gonna start moving with my God, and when I'm moving, He can direct me as we go. It may not work, but I know God is always working. That's the message. It may not work, but I know that my God is always working. Therefore, I don't have to be sure as long as I know that my God is sure. If he's sure, I don't have to be sure. You don't know where you're going. I don't know where I'm going, but my God knows where I'm going. So I'm going to step out in faith on a maybe. And if God doesn't want it to happen, that's fine. If God wants it to happen, that's fine. I don't care what he does. I just want to follow him on a maybe. I want to follow him. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it's always messed me up. It says, now faith is the certainty of things hoped for. Now, wait a minute. This is an oxymoron or just written by a moron. We're not really sure how it (laughs) works. But how can I have certainty for something that I'm hoping for? You're hoping for something, right? There's not a person in this room that's not hoping for something. You're hoping for something. What you do not have right now is certainty about what it is that you're hoping for. In fact, I don't know that you can have faith and have certainty at the same time. So I was really confused by this verse. Most versions that you read say assurance. Faith is the assurance of things that you hope for. So I was really trying, for you and for me, I'm really trying to figure out, God, what does this mean? How can I ever have certainty for something that I hope for? And for every person that I'm going to be looking at on Sunday morning who's hoping for something, and they're getting tired, and they're getting frustrated, and they're getting sad, and they're getting angry at God, and then they're going to read a verse that tells them that faith is certain of what you hope for, and they're going to be like, you know what? That's, I'm done. So how does it work? And then I had something happen to me, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, this, this is what I'm talking about. As I said, and I got to go to see my dad in Florida this past week, we, we left Saturday morning. We had a friend's birthday party we wanted to get back to, and then, of course, be back here with you guys on Sunday morning. And so we get up early morning. We pack everything up. We get the kids in the car. Uh, I'm driving. Darla's working a little bit. Kids are on their phones, sleeping, whatever. And I, and I grab my phone, and I put in our address to Smyrna, Tennessee, and I, and I hit go on, on series Google Maps, right? I hit go, and it pulls it up, and like three or four options came up. And the very top option said it was the fastest route, all right? All I was hoping for was to make it back in town in time for my friend's birthday party. That's all I was hoping for. That, that was my hope, all right? I, I didn't know that I was going to make it or not. I didn't know what's going to happen. You know, I, I can't predict the next minute from now. But I was hoping to get back. And when I saw fastest route, I hit go. Not because I was certain in me, but because I was certain. I had, I had certainty in Siri, all right? I trusted Siri. And so I said, "Cool, go." And it starts the fastest route. I pull out of the parking garage and we start and about 2 hours into it, we're doing great. And all of a sudden my phone makes this noise. And I look at it. Now, now the road the map I was on was taking us basically down 65 all the way from Panama City, Florida to Smyrna, Tennessee. Pretty much. And so I see my phone buzz and I look at it and it's telling me that it's no, that I'm no longer on the fastest route. And that confused me. Because when I left Panama City, I clicked the fastest route. I know I did, because I made sure I did. And now I'm doing what Siri told me to do. I am driving where Siri, and now all of a sudden, Siri wants to tell me that that is not the fastest route anymore, and that I should go. And I looked at it, and she had me going like 40 minutes out of the way. And I'm like, I I don't know what, all I wanted to do all I wanted to do was to make it back by seven o'clock. That's all, that was all I hoped for. And when I left Panama City, I was certain that I was on the fastest route, right? Because I, my, my trust was in Siri. Now Siri's telling me that that's no longer the fastest route and I gotta go this way. So I had this epiphany moment. Do I continue to put certain or put my trust in what I'm hoping for or do I put my trust? In Siri, right? So I trusted Siri and we went the other route and we made it in time. What does that have to do with me having certainty in what I'm hoping for? Instead of looking for certainty in what you are believing for, put your certainty in who you are believing in. This is what Hebrews is telling us. You'll never have certainty in the physical thing you're hoping for. But you can have certainty in the one that you are believing in and who you're asking to do it. So when God says, hey, you now need to go right, and you go, no, 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 wait a minute, God. You had me going straight down 65. And God says, guess what? It's not the best route anymore. Now I need to adjust you and take your, but it's 40 minutes out of the way, right? But that wreck's gonna cause you to be there for two hours. So if you'll just trust me, I know you don't understand why we're taking a detour. I know you don't understand why you're not married yet. I know you don't understand why you can't beat that addiction. I know you don't understand why you haven't had a baby. I know you don't understand it, but if you will trust me, And have confidence in me. And I think that's what we have to learn about maybe faith. I think when your certainty shifts from the thing you're believing for to who you're believing in, it's no longer a maybe. Am I right? Like, I guess it's a maybe because you're looking at option A or option B. You're looking at, what you think is yes or no, what's right or what's wrong. It's maybe because you'll either be healed or you won't be healed. It's maybe because you'll either get married or you won't get married. It's, it's maybe because you'll either overcome that or you won't overcome that. But when all of a sudden your faith is in God, knowing I don't really know which outcome God, I just trust God. Now all of a sudden there's no maybe. It's simply yes to what God is doing. And then here's 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 my next point I want you to understand is that once you shift your certainty off of what you're believing for and onto who you're believing in, now you can actually let the maybe get you moving. And once that once that faith shifts, then when you have a maybe you'll let that maybe kind of get you going. At the end of Acts 13, so in the beginning, uh, the Holy Spirit led him to one place, and he shared the gospel, and then he had opposition, but he overcame the opposition, and the gospel was shared. At the end of Acts 13, watch this, he gets sent to somewhere else to share the gospel, and watch what happens there. It says, the word of the Lord was being spread through the whole region. Saul and Barnabas had showed up to a different region. They're sharing the gospel. It says, but the Jews incited the devout women of prominence and the leading men of the city, And they instigated a persecution against Paul and Barnabas and they drove them out of the region. Now here's the part that got me. But they shook off the dust from their feet in protest against them and they went to Iconium and the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you where I was at with Acts 13. When you have maybe faith, the maybe is applied to will it or won't it work. Will it work? Maybe. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But in one chapter, Paul saw it work, and he saw it not work. In the beginning of Acts 13, maybe it'll work. Did it work? Yeah, it worked. At the the end of 13, maybe it'll work. Did it work? No, it didn't work. So you've got a maybe, yes and a maybe no. And, and I, again, I was just kind of back and forth with this. And then when I saw that Saul and Barnabas, or Paul and Barnabas, they're all filled with joy. I'm like, how do you, all right? And, and I, I think this is probably your same question. How do you have joy in the Lord in the middle of a maybe? Because what if it's maybe no? How, how do you have joy Without certainty. (laughs) And I guess my problem is, and I'm going to see if any of y'all are with me on this. I can talk myself out of something. You know what I mean? Like, I can be like, oh, God wants this for me, so I'm going to pray for it. Oh, maybe God doesn't want it for me. Oh, maybe this isn't going to happen. And I can be so back and forth that that at some point my joy in the situation isn't there anymore. And I think what happens to me is that sometimes I worry that I'm going to miss God while I'm messing with the maybe. Like, what if I'm, what if I think God wants me to do this and I'm doing it on a maybe and meanwhile God's doing something over here and I miss him? I haven't shared this with you yet, but we, we are praying and looking at a, a very serious potential building for our church. And... It's a lot of maybes. It's a lot of maybes. And and I've talked to a few people, my wife being obviously the most important one, about my faith during this situation. And she said something to me, but before I share that with y'all, I want to give you an illustration. The other day, I was on my phone, and I had a text message from somebody whose number I didn't have saved in my phone. And when I looked at the text message right above the number where the name should be, it said maybe, and then it said his name. And I thought, that's interesting. Steve Jobs is resurrecting from the grave (laughs) to tell me who it is that's texting me. And so I looked into it because I wasn't sure. I don't don't have the intelligence to understand that kind of technology, except for the fact that the whole government's bugged my house, right? I don't really know what's going on. So I looked into it. Here's what happened. Earlier, weeks, weeks ago, I was a part of a group text from somebody that I knew sending me this gentleman's conversation, or this gentleman's information, his name and his phone was in the text message. And I had not deleted it, it was still on my phone. So the technology of the iPhone looked back at past conversations and made the comparison and said, oh, based off of this, it may be him. And I'm trying to learn that, listen, if I'm in this place where I don't really know if I can move, on a maybe. I think it's important for me to look back on past things that God has said to me to affirm in me that it may be God so that I can move on God. I told you something Darla said to me. Here's what she said to me. She said, babe, you pray every morning. She said, you ask God every morning to direct your steps. You think he's just gonna let you make a wrong decision? See, I can talk myself out of things because it's not certain, and what I'm learning when I look back on past conversations with God is that he won't let me miss him because I'm messing with a maybe. The maybe just gets me moving, and God says, I'm walking right here with you, and while you're moving, I know you think you're going the wrong way, but I'm going to direct you to where you need to go. Can, Can I do it for you? All right, let me ask this question real quick. If you're in, I don't need you to raise your hands. I don't want to embarrass you anything. But if you are struggling right now with the maybe, if you've been trying to have faith in a situation, but there is zero, zero certainty, and you don't know if it's yes, you don't know if it's no, and you're getting frustrated in the maybe, I want, I want to show you just some past conversations real quick. All right, watch it. Put up Proverbs for me. Watch this. Or was it Psalms? Psalms, I'm sorry. Psalms. Watch it, Psalm 23, verse six. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right, keep that. Now show them Ephesians. Watch this, Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus for good works, which God prepared what? Beforehand that we should walk in them. Scout, come here for a second. Bring that sign. Come here for a second. Chris, come here for a second. Bring that sign. All right, come up here. All right, so stand right here. for uh, Which one do you have? Which one do you have? All right, you're, you're back, get back here. Get back here. Chris, you're right here. All right, turn around, show me signs. sign. So, so you got goodness and love, according to Psalm. Uh, another way you might have read it is goodness and mercies. Your goodness and mercies follow me throughout my day, right? You have good works. So here's what, here's what God said. God said, behind you, you'll have my goodness and my love. In front of you you'll have the good works that I prepared beforehand. So watch this. So turn so, so you get right here, you get behind me. You know, like, yeah, yeah. So now whenever I move on a maybe and I start worrying if I'm going to make the wrong decision. Here's what I know about God, that in front of me, in front of me is the good works that he planned beforehand, and behind me is his goodness and love. So as long as I'm moving on to maybe, move with me. It doesn't matter. Come on. Come on. We're going to march around. We're going to march around Jericho for a second. As long as I'm moving, his, his love, his good works is in front of me. His goodness and love is behind me. We've got to spin around. We don't have enough room for all of us here. Just keep on walking in a circle. We'll get it. All right. So you see what I mean? It doesn't matter where I go because what's in front of me and what's behind me is God. So I can move on a maybe because I know what's in front of me and I know what's behind me. Come on and give God praise for a moment. Come on and shout God's praise. What does that mean? Don't go nowhere. Stand here. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. What does that mean? Oh man, for every person in here who's frustrated with the maybe that God gave you, And you're wondering if God's even there. He's already told you. Ahead of you is the good works he planned for you beforehand. Behind you is his goodness and his mercy. Well, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter. Listen to me. It doesn't matter. I I need certainty. You've got certainty. You've got it. That God's in front of you and God is behind you. And so you'll just move on what you think is God. And you just do on what you think you're supposed to do. And I think God has a way of coming beside us and saying, hey, let me move you a little bit so that you're always in line with my good works and my goodness and love. I can just, oh, you're going off a little bit. Move back. You know, it's so funny. My, my, my littlest, Casey Ray, it just never fails. She's six years old. She still does it. We'll be out doing somewhere, going to a restaurant, mall, whatever. And she'll she'll just stop kind of paying attention to what she's doing. And she'll start kind of walking off. And the dad instinct in me just has the ability to just kind of grab her and push her right back in the right place. You know, she's just kind of wandering around. I'm like, okay, here we go. Come this way, come this way. Release it. This is the God that we follow. There's never a moment where you accidentally fall out of the will of God. If you're just stepping out on a maybe, God, I, I think it's you, God. Now listen, don't, don't use this message to walk out of here and be like, well, maybe I should, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you haven't prayed about it, if it doesn't line up with scripture, if your spouse is telling you no, it's probably not God. <laughs> but you know who I'm talking to. Those of you that you, you know, you know God said it. But maybe he didn't. But maybe he did. And when you're in that whole maybe situation, maybe he'll, maybe he'll heal me, maybe he won't. Maybe he'll provide, maybe he won't. Maybe he'll deliver me, maybe he won't. How can I have joy in the middle of a maybe? Because despite what happens tomorrow, What's in front of you is the good works he's prepared for you beforehand. And what's behind you is his goodness and his love and his mercies that follow you all the days of your life. Your trust is not in you, it's in him. And that's all the certainty I need to be able to move on a maybe. Amen? Amen. Do me a favor, stand right now. Stand where you are. Thank you guys so much. I, I want to pray specifically just for a moment. I want to pray specifically for those of you that you're, 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 you're just waiting on a maybe. You've been praying for your kids to get saved and all you're getting is a maybe. You've been praying for your house to sell, all you're getting is a maybe. You've been praying for that job to all of a sudden, all you're getting is a Maybe. I wanna pray specifically for you. And the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because this is where I am right now. Standing on maybe faith. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. But I think the freest thing you can ever experience is when you release that and start to go whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. But I know that's hard. That's why I think it's important for you to focus on what's ahead of you and what's behind you. So I'm gonna pray, but if you're in this place and you've got a maybe faith situation, I just want you to agree with me. However you would do it, just agree with just Father, you know what Troy's saying. You, you know that spoke to me. You know, you know I'm thinking about this. Just agree with me in your prayers. Father, I thank you right now for maybe faith. I thank you that your word is alive and working today. I thank you that ahead of me is the good works that you prepared for me beforehand. You know, I think what's most interesting about that verse is it was before I got saved. You prepared good works for me before. It wasn't about my performance. You're my father preparing good things ahead of me, and your mercy and your grace and your love, they follow behind me. I pray for every one of us in here, Father, who are waiting on certainty to move. They've actually said to you, God, if you would just do this, then I would do that. But you don't work with certainty. You've put the faith in their heart to believe for it. As we talked about a couple weeks ago, they're focused more on what they see instead of what you said. Father, I pray their desperation drives you, drives them to your feet in prayer and in worship and fasting. But I just pray right now for comfort over their heart. That they would know that you hear them and that you've already spoke provision in front of them and protection behind them. You've already proven to them That whether it's yes or whether it's no, you will walk with them every day of their life. And maybe it's a later yes. Maybe it's a later no. But regardless of what we want, what we think you want for us, You've already planned out something good for us. Come on, I need you to see that. It doesn't matter how bad you think you are. It doesn't matter if you've been saved for one minute or 10 years. He planned good works for you so that you could be confident enough to move on a maybe. Thank you, Father. We worship you.